0: They're incredible. I mean I just I'm not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barça Femini. Like they're just incredible.
1: The Koi Gig pod
0: on off the ball. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTBs, the hurling pod. With poor gosh energy,
1: hurling. It's anyone's game. Welcome along to the Hurling Pod. We're looking forward to the two provincial finals this coming weekend. They're a repeat of last year's finals. Limerick will be up against Clare at the Gaelic Grounds. We'll talk about that being the venue in a moment. And at Croke Park at 4 o'clock on Sunday, the Munster final at 1.45, Leinster final at 4. You've got a repeat of last year's decider, Kilkenny against Galway. So, what better than having a Kilkenny man and a Galway man here to look ahead to the two finals and to have a chat about the weekend just gone by. Paul Murphy, James Gell, how are you getting on lads? How's it going, lads? How's it going? Um, Thank you, Skell, for joining us. I would have understood entirely. We're recording this on Monday lunchtime at the moment. The video will be up a little bit later on. It'll be available on podcast probably just after we finish this. Um, Not an easy thing to do after yesterday, losing out the final. I mean, there's not me digging at you. It was a hard day for me too, with off you losing the cork in the final. But uh, you're here with us at least. Yeah, as much as you're... You're two very important people in my life, as so I couldn't you down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're obviously still, yeah. Huh? <laughs> you're still drunk, then coming out with statements like that. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just think I'm getting more. I, I'm getting more uh, refined in my old days, onwards. Yeah, I know, but you're right. we like it was a tough day yesterday, and um, I suppose it was, uh, it was a disappointing way to finish the year. Obviously, we didn't get uh, the performance we were expecting or hoping to get. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's our two clear team. So look, what, all you can do is move, move on, onwards and upwards.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you were keen last week to not talk about the final. You were kind of keeping the head down. We we're on the pod. I was kind of half joking. Oh, talk to us a little bit about this. And you were like, that's the only statement. We'll talk about the final next week. And then <laughs> I saw Pat Nolan's tweet, which went up last night, and he was talking about just the scale of Clare's achievements. So your Galway team this year scale had averaged victories of 16 points and no team had been closer than 11 points during your Leinster campaign or in the semi-final win. And obviously Claire turned you over in the final, so mm-hmm. I don't mean to phrase it in what went wrong, but maybe what did Claire do right that maybe the other teams that played you this year didn't do?
2: I think I think to be honest, like you can have all you know, you can you can prepare as much as you can. You can prepare with drills and analysis and team, you you name it. You can do any amount of preparation, decency, etc. But you can't be prepared for you know the final. You know whether it be pre match nerves, whether it be you know anxiety, anticipation, or something And so you are only hoping that when the game starts that like you. you it's the, the lads are filled with kind of, I suppose, passion, aggression, all the things that would complement their skills, you know. I just, we, we were a bit flat yesterday, really, really flat. And I suppose in the first half specifically, like we were, they they won all the breaks. I I, I won't say most of them, they won nearly all of them. Um, They just, we an awful lot of opportunities missed. Now, granted, we got a couple of goals, which which probably flattered the scoreline at halftime. We should have been way further ahead, if you ask me, because... We had eight or nine wines that we would consider shootable, you know, shootable that, that we would expect the lads to score. The lads that, you know have that ability. Um, and there was a bit of a breeze behind us, so we thought like we'd get in at halftime and just kind of, you know, set the tone a bit. and then conceding the goals early in the second half put us back a bit. And it's just like, you know, so be it. Like, we just, what happened is Claire got her run, didn't you know, it? It's very hard to stop a run. And When we would claw our way back and, let's say, get a goal or get a couple of points, they'd win a free or, you know, they'd do something that that would kind of nullify our big moment, you know? And then we couldn't get, we just couldn't claw back. And ultimately, all the players in were, they were elevated, their their performances were elevated and they started shooting scores from 60, 70 yards. Huge scores for them as players and also for the crowd. And then just, it was, the wheel was turning at that stage and it was very hard to stop. So I just think we were were flat. We were just flat and we didn't perform. But ultimately, Clare came with loads of aggression,
1: energy, and we're fully absorbing the victory. Yeah, like I thought Owen Gunning was incredibly got manned the match from corner back for Clare and mm-hmm. so many times he came out with the ball against a goal forward line your forwards have been on fire really all year and then yesterday he seemed to always just be in the right place at the right time but maybe the frustration would be that when you know they've got a defender that's that good you probably should have kept the ball away from
2: Yeah, well I suppose yeah like, uh, <clears throat> like I, I have great confidence in our forwards too but I think he's um, from looking at him now up close. Like obviously, we would have studied him on studied them, should I say on 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 screen. But he's very kind of Ollie canning esque, if you know what I mean. So what he does, he's a very good reader of the ball. So like you'd be watching the game, and if you weren't looking at him closely, you'd say, "How is he out in front the whole time?" You know. But he's he's nearly. I won't say our striking or deliveries were telegraphed, but he as soon as I were to say wing forwards and midfield we're, sh- were shooting diagonal balls, he was t- stealing a couple of steps in our forwards, and he's coming out. Then he's got a good touch. He's fast. So like we, once you kind of piece all them things together like a good reader good touch fast all you have is a cornerback that's coming steaming like, you know he was a good reader um, and a good defender Like I know everyone says with, with ball in hand he's fantastic but he's also a very good defender he's a good player like, and he's, he's, um, he's one for the future for Claire. Like he would obviously he'll fill out he'll grow you know etc and uh, he'll probably be again current trajectory he could be a mainstay in Clare in a few years time
1: Mm. Murph, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Clare here with the way development has changed as well because it was only a couple of seasons ago that we saw I think it was 6-26 that Cork had scored against them and you know, Clare had had a bad run at the underage and everything seemed to be going wrong off the field at the same time and it felt like kind of crisis point for the county and now here they are picking up their second All-Ireland minor title in what's a fairly short period of time since that actual what felt like in deer a few years ago
0: yeah, it's great. And it's great for the county in general. Like, obviously, I suppose your flagship team of the senior team, you want to be going well and they are going well. Um, but you're always, I suppose, keeping one eye over the shoulder and seeing what's coming through, what's going to feed into that over the few years. And when you're able to, you don't necessarily have to go and win these, um, as let's say, as close together as they have. But you certainly want to be keeping them taken over. Like, that's what every county wants to do is, you know, get an All-Ireland at underage, be it minor, under 20, and keep them in relatively close, I suppose, proximity to each other. Over a couple of years, that's the sign that you know the conveyor belt is working, you know, there's players coming through, it's encouraging for the future. Um, and like that's something that Claire have managed to do. And like you said, you know, a few years ago, there was a few indications that maybe things aren't going the right direction. So, you know, kudos to Claire for doing it. And I think a lot of counties as well will also take um, a lot of encouragement from the likes of Claire and from the likes of Offaly. Like, you know, you see that okay, you can maybe head to a place where no county wants to go, but then with a bit of hard work steadying the ship getting few people involved and i suppose having a strategic plan essentially really what's the long game here um you can see how counties can turn it around you know and i think a lot of counties have learned also over maybe the last kind of 20 years since really development squads and, and things have been implemented in counties 20 30 years let's say that um people kind of realize the longer game like you know just because something is working now let's say for example limerick are winning all Ireland at the moment but like you know, you could let it go stagnant very quickly. And then when it goes stagnant, it takes five or six years to turn it around. So it, it, it's great for Clare. It's good times for Clare at the moment. And looking forward to a Munster final to have the victory over the weekend in Northern Ireland, it's, it's brilliant, you know. So I'm sure um, as a whole, look, Clare are in a good place at the moment. Um, and it's, uh, I think a lot of counties would take, I suppose, a small bit of hope for themselves that if, if, if your own individual county isn't in a great place, all you have to do is look to Clare and say, well, look, they turned
1: it around in a relatively short period of time. Hmm. James you've been look fairly I guess back and forth with Clare fans might be the fair way to put it (laughs) over the last couple of years Um, did anything come up to you on the pitch afterwards because like the pitch was obviously mobbed with Clare supporters you would have been around the middle of the field were there any choice conversations with Clare supporters you may have met online over the last two years
2: in fairness of them all, um, let's say the people kinda of, first of all we didn't expect them to come out of the pitch, but I suppose it's very hard to hold them, you know. They're like <laughs> cattle trying to get out of a shed, so they were. <laughs> I think there was plan B sign up in this as well. But, um, no, in fairness we uh, they were very good. They all, they, a lot of people come over, not just the players now or our management, but mm-hmm. supporters in general and just said, Love the pod, it was great. You know what I mean? It's it's a balanced debate. You get the odd choice word, right, yeah. One that comes to me and says, Why am I so hard and clear? It's like what are you talking about? Like that's so very clear. You go my site. <laughs> but, uh, I, I would say probably yesterday I was approached by um I'm gonna say about fifty people. Okay. Between between uh, pre uh, after the match on the on the pitch and then walking out. Uh, and that, that was clear awfully cork, you know, an awful lot of people, etc. Um, but I'd say of the fifty, forty-eight were, were very, very positive, you know. So and, but the two that weren't very positive was, were from Claire, right? Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: hope, I hope, by the way, that was pre game because I really hope it wasn't someone to go over to, to commiserate with you and then they give out and go, Do you know what? You weren't fair about Claire a few pods ago. No, it was post game. Two were post game. Ah, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's bad. But, there, but come career, let's let say let's, you have that in every. I presume there's going to with people the same way. Do you know what I mean? But just mm-hmm. it's It's like you're going to get them in every single county, every club, every parish, or everyone to call it. So that's to be expected, I suppose, when you. When you put yourself uh, on a platform to provide an opinion, sometimes people don't agree with it. Obviously, so mm. and I, I, I welcome that. I love people coming to me face to face and let's have a debate. You know, so then when I asked the part one clear person like, and he was, I hopefully now if he's listening, he's probably in his fifties. You know what I mean? So like he's he's seen a good bit of hurt in his time, I'd imagine. And he said, oh, "Why are you so hard and clear?" And I said, "Explain to me why I'm hard and clear. Tell me now. What what have I, what have I said?" And he couldn't answer me. <laughs> he couldn't answer me. Like so, it's just, he was well well. Well, you're always going against them. I said, is, I'm not like, I'm not always going against them. What are yeah. talking about, you know, like I said, who's going to win now next week? And he goes, we are. And I said, explain to me how you're going to win. We just are.
1: <laughs> 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 not, not to remind you, but I believe the Leinster final preview we did last year, I asked you that very same question when you went, where are we going to beat Kilkenny? And you said, because I really, really, really want them to win. <laughs> That's same logic as you.
2: Actually, have a very good memory,
1: my friend, that's exactly what I said, because I just <laughs> really hope they the win this yeah. You, and you're going to get the same answer as today as well. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a spoiler for a few minutes. Yeah. Time, yeah. um, I've been beating this drum for a while, though, Skel. I thought yesterday was a fantastic occasion. And look, maybe it was enhanced by having two counties who've had a lot of success at the levels in Galway and Cork and Clare and Offaly who were very hungry for success, so therefore loads of people travelled, and it was a great yeah. day, and it was a bank holiday weekend. But I still think if it's possible next year... I really like the idea of these two finals being combined together as a showcase. Have them both in TG Car, same venue. Maybe Sample Stadium could be the defined venue for it. Say every year. I know yeah. it's close to the leaving, cert, but it made for a magnificent day yesterday.
2: Like I, it was electric. Now, first of all, the day was the day was lovely. Uh, someone was obviously out, and um, there was a real buzz around Thurles. You know, there was obviously when you come into Thurles from the Galway side, like there's a big long straight coming in. And there was cars parked, Like we were saying, we were commenting like they were way out. I mean, like you, so you you could expect there was going to be a big crowd. And I actually commented, and we went out to the pitch just for a walk around just to assess the ground. And I said, "Jesus, they're Offaly playing first. <laughs> I said because the place was was a wash with Offaly. You know what I mean? They're getting the best seats. And in fairness, they're they're like roughly are a rap- and Claire combined yet yeah, they're a rapturous crowd. And I was trying to actually I was having a discussion with a person last night about why is that? Like, how come you've got counties like the Clares, the Offalys? um you know at times Watford, who are so they're boisterous, they're rapturous, they're really energetic. And again, we we struggled to I suppose Galway has been spoilt at underage level. And I think probably there's that you know, we're we're nearly expecting. I think that, that the Galway is a people are really expecting to come home with a minor every every couple of years. So maybe the importance is not exactly placed that too highly in comparison to Senior. Whereas clear I I if I'm not mistaken, that's their second All-Ireland, is it? It is. yeah. Grade. So like they're Quarter of what they were starved of success of that grade I say. So you can see why everyone would come behind them. And judging by the fact that obviously the twenties got knocked out by Cork, and the seniors weren't playing for another week, we were saying there was going to be a good clear crowd, and there was. You know, and the same with Offaly. Like, Offaly are—I don't know, I actually can't remember when Offaly won them twenties last or twenty-one rather. Never, the, never won it. Yeah, it's, never the won. One, it's the one they've never won. Sorry, um, I didn't—I didn't mean to no, know. I, I didn't know. <laughs> how, how they won it, yeah. but like again, you can see the energy that the crowd are providing, and it's like it's less. We we waited for a few minutes, and you can hear. Like when Screeny gets the ball, Jesus, like the place. <laughs> Often people just go nuts. And he usually gives them something to shout about, you know. But a uh, great day. I agree with you. I, I think it was, even for the kids themselves, I know I keep saying kids, for the young lads themselves, mm. like it was probably one of the experiences they'll take with them, with, through, with them through the rest of their lives. Regardless if they play, you know, 20, senior, et cetera, and move on. But what they witnessed yesterday, and got to be part of, like was, was fabulous. So, so I think for the GA, they, they'd miss a trick if they didn't do that now. They should keep it together, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, under-20 final, which followed. So Cork have now won three of the last four at that level, and... We've seen how many players they've mixed into their senior team over the last couple of seasons and the amount of players they used that were quite young uh, this year. Some of them, like Owen Downey, were playing in the final yesterday and it turns out it's going to be Ben O'Connor's last game of hurling for quite some time. He's going to go into the Munster Academy, so uh, he confirmed after the game that he's finished with hurling for now. He's going to be a big loss because he came out with a tremendous amount of ball yesterday and he is an incredible um, athlete uh, with the way that he covers ground as well, Uh, Cunningham incredible scorer a top scorer from play throughout the championship and i just behind screeny on um, mm-hmm. scores cork were, were generally very dominant i think after the final quarter you mentioned Skell; every time the ball came into the screeny in the opening 15 20 minutes he mm. seemed to skin his man and often were very good at running at them and looked like maybe it was going to be an underdog's day up until that point and then cork kind of wrestled control got ahead by a couple of points at halftime it was 111 one nine. And they banged Offaly for 1-4 just after half-time. And I think the result looked reasonably academic after that. Uh, Cork were very much on top, I felt. Offaly got the strong finish to the game, scored the goal. Uh, there was probably nearly more of their supporters on the pitch than Cork supporters on the pitch at full-time, which is a little bit crazy. But that's maybe the nature of uh, this Offaly team. So I think Cork were, first of all, very, very worthy winners. But the thing, Murph, that uh, probably has come up afterwards is that Leo O'Connor, the Offaly manager, was complaining about the cynical fouling. And there's no doubt Cork were sharing the fouls among them in the first 15, 20 minutes to maybe get through that spell where Offley were hurling quite well. But the one that's obviously come up and Brian Gavin, who, you know, full disclosure, is an Offaly man writing the Irish Examiner in his referee piece, which comes out every week. So what Brian Gavin has written in his Irish Examiner piece today about it. So you can see the clip on screen at the moment if you're on our YouTube. He says, quote, Quote, for what I believe is at least the fifth time across this year's hurling championship, a blatant red card was missed when Cormac Egan was shoulder to the head by Shane Kingston as he threatened the court goal. As a referee and a follower of hurling, I love the shoulder-to-shoulder, hip-to-hip play. I was always in favour of physical play, but Kingston was late and referee Chris Mooney failed in not giving him his marching orders for a dangerous foul. Egan was unable to see out the game as a result, so he went off at half-time. Uh, he paid the price for what was done to him and Kingston didn't. As we have seen in the senior championship, referees have let themselves down in not taking the duty of care for the player into consideration, but the very rule too. Um, this has come up a few times more. For I me, mean, it was on the Sunday game only three weekends ago where they were looking at some of the head-high tackles and how referees should be clamping down on it. And no red card produced yesterday. Yeah, and it, you couldn't had more of a clean-cut example of it because it's
0: kind of one of those ones, some can be deceptive when players are passing each other, but... Um, I think from any angle that was just nailed on as to what was after happening. That it was a high tackle straight to the head. I think there's two arguments here. Obviously, the first and the foremost one is just the player welfare. Like that, you know, we're, we're every other sport is is has rules in place and respects it. Particularly rugby, it's the one we always pointed to say that look what they're and even at underage now in rugby. If I'm right in saying, I think they've changed the height of the legitimate tackle. I think it's below the sternum or something like that now. I think I heard something about that lately anyway. Could be wrong. Yeah, no, basically,
1: what's happened is World Rugby are trying to get a position where, yeah, the target area is going to change to uh, officially, as you say, bring it down a bit so people aren't trying mm. to hit around shoulder level now. Yeah, so they're even taking it not just
0: a hit to the head. They're saying, OK, let's have room for error here, whereby if, if, a, if a, let's say, a player aims for the stomach and he hits the chest, well, at least you're still not hitting the head in that error. But, you know, with the Hurling at the moment, the two things that I find kind of are, are the crux of it is, one, yeah, player welfare. I mean, there's players getting hit in the head and we see players now not continuing matches because they've got serious injuries. And we see players not even getting yellow cards for, for, for some of the incidents. Um, but the second one for me uh, is the frustration, I think, the players feel. Because we're going to see someone now, I think, before the end of the senior championship, getting a red card for a high tackle. But it we so frustrating for that team, that gets it, if they do get it, because they'll have seen 10 examples of where another players weren't sent off and suddenly now there'll be an enormous clampdown or a referee. Now, I'm not saying the referee will be wrong in doing it, but if you look back to the Joe McDonough final mm-hmm. and the often player getting sent off for pulling the face card, how many other face cards were pulled during the year where a player wasn't sent off? And I would feel that player, like the frustration you must have felt of going, okay, yeah, absolutely, that's the rule, it's a red card. But when it's not enforced really well, <clears throat> frustration creeps in in players then and I just I would hate like for I think the rule you know should be enforced absolutely to protect players but I can I can see it happening where someone is going to get absolutely clamped down on for a moderate enough tackle because referees will start clamping down on this really harsh and teams will get very frustrated then because it'll go from one extreme to the other. But I do, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't want to see it clamped down on. I do want to see it clamped down, but it's the inconsistency and in it is just, it's just remarkable. And um, look, I just think we're not setting a good example. Like Skell was saying there, that weekend, yesterday was an incredible day in Turles. And one of the main talking points coming out of it is one of our young up-and-coming players um, receiving a head high tackle and we didn't show the example of, you know, this is this is not what we're about and clamping down and, and giving a red right card. So it's just it's 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 rambling on. This this debate is rambling on. It won't be the last we hear of it. But hopefully I'd like to see the end of it happen fairly soon whereby, you know, players are, I suppose, feeling the repercussions of a high tackle and at least then we get it into the culture whereby it's it's just not acceptable anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah. James, I think there's probably two sides to this. So on the one hand I actually would agree with some of the Cork supporters who were saying afterwards that they actually liked that little bit of cynicism from their defenders, whereby... They realised they had a bit of an issue Screeny particularly running at them And so if that means that the defender Has to take a free To make sure that he doesn't get a run in on goal That's maybe that little bit of edge That Cork teams have been accused of In recent years of not having That they were almost too nice And in this case it was a final They realised they were in a sticky patch Within the final They were able to ride it out And if it meant they gave away a few frees And that the opposition got frustrated So be it And if it meant going up and getting physical In lad's face That's kind of part of the game On the other hand On the Judea Care side what's your take on the fact that the referees didn't produce a red card there I think Cork would have went on and won anyway I think that's how dominant they were after the first uh, quarter that even a man short they would have won but it could potentially have had a big impact on the game if a red card had been brandished along with the penalty there
2: Yeah I think no doubt straight away if you're a man down especially a defender as prominent as the full back you're saying to yourself there'd be a bit of a shift you could say in the Cork um, team but I would look at that now, and I would saying to myself, like, did the ref? Did he actually converse with everyone? Did he take every available option or resource open to him? Like, did he? Did he? And I, I don't know, right? Was he mic'd up to the, the linesman, which he generally is? Did he ask him? Did he go to the umpires? I'd be very disappointed in the umpires. I have to say this because that's, spoke, he, he spoke to his umpires. So they obviously yeah, had I saw, input I saw yeah. that. Which I, why is that's exactly why I'm be disappointed because like, is that, is that is that is that incident ten yards away from the goals? Is it less? It's it's in terms of yeah, place, it's, you know? just five, box, yeah, five or six years. So like it's as, it's as clear and concise a case as you can possibly develop, right? And it's there, and like obviously, screen he got hit as well. I think the clip is obviously dominated by Cormac. He can get his hit but when Screen lays the ball. He gets it also, and I'd be disappointed that as as a collective, kind of uh, 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 an official collective, that they didn't send him off. You know, but again, like when we talk about defenses and big defenses, like good good defensive teams, like you know, there's that element of. I use the word now in the best possible manner, nastiness about them. You know, there's, cynicism is the word you'd use, Will, right? But there's mm. a bit of a bit of bite about them, a bit of boundness, right? If you, if you like, okay? And if you've got players who are as important to the opposition's cause, like Adam Screeny, you're going to have to get in his face. You have to. You can't, you can't allow him to freedom to park because he'll damage it. We've obviously seen he'll shoot from anywhere and he'll score it, you know? So, like, I, I like that about Cork, that they, they got physical because they were big boys. at like Cork, there was, I thought there was a vast difference now in the physical development, obviously, because of the age, don't get me wrong, of Cork, awfully and I just think they used it an awful lot yesterday they used it both in defence and attack they got an awful lot of freeze by running through awfully lads that just couldn't couldn't stop them yet you know um, so I think Cork are on a they're on a great track as you were saying there with the three out of the four All-Irelands
1: Yeah it's like it's yeah. a kind of an on-ending production line now at the moment and that a good is few serious. of them like, are going through to the senior panel as well you know sometimes this doesn't happen sometimes you win and you only get one off the team but a nice few of those lads over the last three years have actually got a bit of senior experience now
2: yeah, and there's more to come. Like I suppose the last one that I can think of was remember the Limerick a row back to one <clears throat> late 99, early mm-hmm. 2000s. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't get enough. They didn't get the success that that, that didn't translate into senior level, you know. So like you'd be, from a Cork perspective, you'd be hoping for them that they take those four teams and they put them in senior level and try try establish a you know a good base of player for 10 years in seniors. Because I think with the way they're going now and the positivity surrounding the county, although they're all the champs, don't get me wrong. Especially I'm talking about youth. Like they they could be a dominant force, you know, if they, because the players the the players how do I say this now? Sometimes you look at underage teams, and all the players look the same, you know. You've got your small little forwards, some they're back, but all the boys seem to be even go back to the last couple of years, physically big men who can move and hurdle. you know. So when you mix those couple of attributes in the player, where he's physical, he's athletic, he can hurl skill base, and a touch of if you want to call it that, like you've got a dangerous animal there. And so that's that's for for cock perspective, the future is definitely definitely bright.
1: Yeah, I know. And I think, look, winning does no harm either from their point of view. You get that kind of winning mentality, which they'll now uh, carry into the senior panel in the next few years as well. So um, Cork and Clare, it was an all Munster day in terms of the success at Temple Stadium yesterday. Looking ahead to the games this weekend, we might start with the Munster final, lads. It's first up of the weekend at the Gaelic Grounds, Murph, which there was a nice bit of back and forth over, I think, an evening meet initially with Munster Council and then a morning meeting the day afterwards last week on the Tuesday. And eventually the decision was made that it was going to the Gaelic grounds. So Limerick were happy enough to go to Porky Quive. Clare wants the game to be in Semple Stadium. And in the end, it ends up being a home game for Limerick. I don't know. If you're a Clare player, would you be happy about this? Well, I suppose, um
0: like, uh, yeah, I was thinking about it because I was, I was very surprised when I heard the Clare supporters were really happy. Like, obviously, from... Um, a location point of view they're only down the road uh, for a lot of minutes it was really convenient absolutely but that's not really the biggest um, biggest thing you're thinking about when you're you're trying to have your team in the best position they can to win the match but having said that that's where they bet him a few weeks ago you know mm. um, I think it's I, I think it's a big marker for Claire sitting down the stall basically saying that it's kind of a, a mental battle there where they're saying well, we'll come down and play in the Gaelic crowns like I know it's a convenience thing but from the lim- from the Claire team point of view from brian lowen's camp i think they're looking at going we'll go down and we fully believe that we can beat you and it doesn't matter whether it's in the Gaelic crowns or whether it's in turles um we'll go and we'll play in the Gaelic crowns we'll have no excuses and that's what we're you know we're going to win a monster final in the Gaelic crowns and i think for a mental preparation point of view you know when i first heard it i was saying well, why do they want to go there like you know but then afterwards i was saying do you know what it's nearly like not to say it's a double bluff but it's like Brian lowen basically saying to lads like tuning their heads right in we're going back down to the scene of the crime from a few weeks ago and we're going to do it twice that's basically what we're going to do we fully believe we can do it down there it doesn't matter whether it's Ennis or it's Turles or Crowns. We're, we're going to go play them in their own home pitch and we're going to beat them so I was kind of thinking Jesus maybe this he's playing chess we're all playing checkers <laughs> maybe this is what it is but look I think it's a great venue for it brilliant venue for it like um and like should we see the ticket sales I mean it's absolutely incredible like the Munster Finals over the last few years just the interest and you know the carnival atmosphere that it brings um, it's, it's just going to be brilliant and it, I, I think it's great that we're not having a, a fiasco that's dragging on either where it's uh, if it wasn't Parky Queen and Claire weren't happy we'd still be talking about it now and it'd be dragging on and it'd be probably casting a shadow over the situation so it's brilliant that both sides are happy we're going to the Gaelic grounds fantastic venue and now we can just talk
2: about hurling and run into the final what do you reckon Scalp I, I understand what Murphy's saying. I, I understand exactly where he's coming from in that kind of they're developing, a, a, I suppose, a siege mentality collectively as a group and as a, even as a, as a public and clear. Um, now, saying we're going back down to Limerick and we're going to take them on in their own backyard again, it's grand saying it. Doing it is way different. <laughs> Doing it is a, is a different kind of fish entirely. And I understand it's a monster final, so the, the split will likely be 50-50 in terms of, you know, um, attendances between counties. But still, has to rock into Limerick and to beat them once in, your, in their own... Patch is one thing, but to beat them twice—that's mm. a tricky proposition. Now, I don't think that that's going to phase Clear at all. I just think clear are very, very confident at the moment. Everyone, you know, players and the sports like they're they're confident, and they've every right to be. But I'd be looking for if I can get any advantage at all, whether it be a one percenter or two percenter? I'm taking it. So that's why I was very surprised by how they agreed uh, to go into the grounds. I thought that like, go down to Cork, go down to Thurles, you know, and and try and have it as a in playing field. Because, like, I I wouldn't be given an opposition. Who are as strong as Limerick, any foot up at all? You know, I'd be trying to take everything away from them as possible, and mm-hmm. that would be make make their crowd travel to Cork as long as the won't travel, anyways. Like if they played around the Derry and Islands, Clare would pack the place. You know, so it's it's as simple as that. You know, but um, now difficult proposition. And but like that, as as I was saying, like that that's that's the, that's evident. You know, you know how some some players or some teams excuse me nearly epitomise the, the, the persona of the manager. And you, you watch the way Lohan goes up and down the line? I have that feeling about Claire now, you know, that Lohan is always up and down, nearly grunting as he's going up and down the line, like he's ready for battle himself. Like if he threw on the red, you wouldn't be surprised if he threw on the red helmet himself and went in. He's that kind of way about him. I just think the Clear team now epitomise his, like he just, like he, I suppose his attitude, his persona, so he doesn't care. Like he never cared, cared in his own hurling days. So I'd imagine he's transferring that message or that persona into the team and they're going to prep it again for Sunday. So we're, whatever we're in for, we're in for hot treatlets because the the atmosphere last week when uh, we we'll played Cork was electric as well. So that's just mm-hmm. going to be uh, uh, another one. So it's great. Look forward to it.
0: I, I think as well, though, just like what you're saying, there's agree. But like, if you were looking uh, for uh, at Brian Lowen and preparing for this game, like they haven't bet him in Turtles, they haven't bet him in Cork. So why not play on the ground that they did beat them in? And, like, that's only a few weeks ago, whereby a lot of these players, like, that memory is fresh. Like, you know, it's tangible memory that those lads have. And so when you you think you're running up for the week into a Munster final or Leinster final or whatever it is, all week you're in work or whatever, you're thinking back and you're drumming up all the memories of different matches and stuff. And you're like, geez, wouldn't it be great there now? The final whistle getting back. The one thing they're thinking about is that memory that's only six weeks ago that or whatever it was, you know, that they're going, Jesus, was not an unbelievable night. Like, and it was just incredible. They still have that, like that, that feeling is still in that dressing room. So after thinking about it, I, I was on your mindset there absolutely last week. But then when I kind of came around to it, I was thinking, do you know <laughs> what, actually, I, I, can, I, I understand, I understand where they're coming from, like, you know, as in. And maybe they're also putting it to the fact that maybe it might be a bit of doubt in Limerick's mind, because, you know, Gaelic Grounds is a fortress to an extent, but is there a one or two percent, not bit of doubt there, not saying that, but where Limerick go, they have turned us over here, like, they have turned us over, whereas they haven't turned us over in Turlis, haven't turned us over in Parky Cueve, but this is the ground they've turned us over, and is there something to that, so... I don't know. It's like I was saying. I just think it's a kind of. A, it's, it's almost like not a double bluff. If there's a better version of that, or it's just, you know, they're saying, do you know what? Let's just go back here and um, relive what we relived a few weeks ago. Maybe, maybe that's it. what it is.
2: You know Do you think? Let's say if you rewind back, let's say whatever period of time, six, seven weeks in Stamford, when Clare played Limerick. I think, like outside of Clare, I don't think anyone expects them to beat Limerick at the time. No, no. Truth no, no, I thought. I anyway, I thought, I thought because on, off the back of the temporary performance. I was saying I think Limerick could top, top, top these last by six seven points. So I think where Limerick were starting from it, I'm not saying the C teams them either. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying from where they're starting from then to the clear produced performance to where they are now, like Limerick have been warned and warned heavily. Mm. And so I just think you know they know what's coming down the tracks here. So Limerick are yeah. picked for ready to rock. Absolutely, and Limerick, yeah. their own home stadium. So I'm just thinking, are, are, the journey of both teams has been obviously way different. You know, um, mm. and I just think Limerick now they're. They're slowly turning the wheel back again, lads. You know? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that, that car that, that performance, albeit the margin was very tight, was very, very impressive. And that's why I'd say, get them out of limerick Get them out of oh. there quickly, you know, quickly. But yeah, look, so be it. Let's rock.
1: <laughs> Uh, more than two hundred and sixty thousand tickets were sold across the Munster Championship round robin. Right. I don't think the Munster Championship's ever been hotter than it is right now. And Ticketmaster went down for a lot of people. I think there were lots of frustrated people when the tickets went on sale for the Munster Final. They were in the queue and couldn't get them, or they were sitting in a shop and the shop was trying to connect to the system and the tickets were all gone. Such was the speed they went with that lunchtime last week. So um, it is the hottest ticket in town this weekend. And Murph, we were just saying earlier, and this isn't to make a I'm not trying to do a direct hurling versus football comparison here, but even watching the Sunday game last night I was very struck at when you look at the multiple games where there were very small attendance at the weekend and look I accept entirely that it's a bank holiday the weekend so there are plenty of people away 25 quid is expensive if you're going to one of the group games in the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship but it's not capturing the hearts and mind in the same way that the Hurling Championship has this year particularly Munster where we've had so many of these games at either out or close to sell out, and sometimes weeks in advance that uh, quite a few of the tickets were already gone. Yeah, um, and like even in Kilkenny at the weekend um we had
0: Dublin and Kildare playing, and I expected like Dublin played Leash in Nolan Park, I think around 2016. I think that brought about twenty, twenty-two thousand people potentially. It was pretty much a sellout. Um and I think we were expecting the same thing down in Kilkenny, and I think eight thousand people came to the game. So like there was, you know, there was a few jerseys around, all right, but not to the level we expected. And I think it all just comes back to competition and the balance of how Um, quick the matches are coming like Munster Championship is really at a sweet spot like it has savage competition incredible competition and every team feels like they're in with a shout of winning it and everybody wants to go and win it and then the games are spread out to a nice enough distance where it's not they're coming thick and fast they are in one way for us certainly because you know we're following all teams but there's a nice few weeks in between where you're not on the road like, you know, eight weeks in a row or anything like that where the cost is enormous for for supporters. So they just seem to have hit a really sweet spot at the moment. And the way as well also that how it's evolved, like it hasn't evolved um the way that we thought it was going to be. You know, we picked three teams at the start of the year that we thought we were going from out of it. That's not the three teams that are coming out of it. Brilliant. And there's been loads of little stories along the way. And you need that because if it goes one direction and it's so predictable, that in itself will lose an interest. And I wouldn't even think we'd have the same interest in this Munster final at the weekend if it had not had all the twists and turns it had. So look, Munster hurling at the moment, across all codes in terms of Gaelic football, ladies, Gaelic football, Camogie, whatever, Munster hurling is the the blueprint of what people want to have now. They want to have that balance of competition, that, um, I suppose, balance of having your underdogs versus this, you know insurmountable task that's Limerick but then you have teams taking scouts off them. so it's just it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and we're, we're very lucky to have it as well we're absolutely very lucky to have it but you can see why the tendencies are huge like just the games have been incredible they've been brilliant games and as well what's great as well is going to the different venues as well going to the, up to Ennis
1: going down to Parky Creeve like they're great venues you know so
0: it's what's, you know, what's not to like
1: about it yeah, I think that ruthless streak Is important as well I think that will eventually Evolve into the football Where you won't have a situation Where two dozen games Have to be played In order to just remove Four teams from the championship And you probably could have guessed The four teams in the football Who were going to be eliminated From the group stage anyway um, Supporters know that That element of danger is there While if you were a Cork or Limerick Fan last week you knew how cutthroat it was and you had to get a ticket Mm. to try and be there to watch the last game to be there and even you talk about no dead rubbers Tipperary would have thought they were playing a Waterford team who had nothing to play for Tipperary lose out in the final day and as it works out miss out in the place (coughs) in the Munster final. so Mm. that kind of balance between competition drives that interest I think for people to go as well Um, this coming weekend Skell you know Limerick have obviously had their issues with Clare as a matchup over the last couple of years. And you've already mentioned the, I guess, psychological motivation there that Clare will have gained from going to the Gaelic grounds and coming out with a win earlier this season as well. They'll point to last year the fact that they weren't beaten inside 70 minutes by Limerick either. Um, is this a case that Clare, the best team right now in the country, to take Limerick on?
2: Yes. Yeah, they are. Um, and I think it would be mad to say not because. Uh the proof is in the pudding, like I say. If you were to apply just general logic to this, they've beaten them, Rick. So they've beaten them already. And it wasn't too far ago, uh too long ago, should I say, and they ran them extremely close last year. I think what happens sometimes is with players is we kinda of get um I suppose I won't I won't use the word but just distracted by the way they performed kicking Kenya last year in the semi final. And that kind of did away with their their good season last year. So obviously they've changed things a bit specifically with the league and anyway, with the way they rolled into it. And they're in a great spot now at the moment. And I just think from a from a like physically uh, clear match Limerick like there's not many teams that can match Limerick now at the moment so I'm probably a, less than a handful but physically they do pace wise they, they definitely do like a, a, in terms of their forward unit in midfield and they trouble Limerick like we always say you know the best way to get at Limerick is to run run at them because if you start trying delivering balls to, into heavy areas where they've got Barry Ashley etc it's difficult to get around them We're clear of a good mix whereby they can use you know Fitzgerald, Taylor Tony Kelly O'Donnell etc and they just have a, they seem to have a good matchup against them like I would have said previously that when you have playing Limerick, it's a question of matchups go against you because there's so many influential players. Like if you mark Galan and Flanagan, you've got Lynch popping up. If you mark him, you've got Hegarty popping up, etc. So when you mix that with a probably I suppose a I won't a bad run of farm, to be truthfully honest, with some of their biggest players, you know, it's 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 the right time for a player to go at them again. Um and it's 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 extremely hard game to call Les. Like I, I genuinely I, I don't think a game in recent memory now, I could be I could be corrected here, Les, but is there any game in recent memory whereby People, the debate for choosing a team is so broad. Like, people can go to Limerick, yeah. you can get a ha- 50% over here, 50% over clear, and they all have the reasons. And I agree with them all. You know, I can agree with, with, with most reasons. So, I, when, when you're calling this game, like, I think it's going to be a point or two, max. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting away extra time either, because who knows what's, what's going to happen with these two teams, because it's always been the, the narrowest of margins. So, yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence in on this one. Fear you're I get a draw. I. Can, I
1: Jeez, you're really sitting on the fence if you're, you're not really even are. saying a draw. Jeez, I,
2: I don't know. My <laughs> head is wrecked. That's the cage. He is. <laughs>
1: He's giving uh, a dictionary side here. Yeah, I can't hear people in my, <laughs> my thoughts. <yeah. laughs> that's yeah, my
0: thoughts. you're getting flashes now of lads with like uh, profilers of Colin Lynch and Ollie Baker and stuff
2: abusing you yeah. now during the week. That's your problem now. Oh God, no! I, but, I love don't that. let them win scale. No, I love that. Oh, please bring bring that on. I love that. Um I just don't. I just I just think like I I was. I was going through an awful lot of games this year, like on who the teams I've called to win, and like I every time I call something to be clear, like I I get it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, you know, I call we call Tipperary to be clear. Okay, we got that one right. We called Limerick to be clear. We got that one wrong. Uh, I actually I think Murph, did you call Cork to be clear? I no, we they... both. Excuse me, we're both <laughs> We both called clear to be Cork
1: we did hold on here a second now not to stop you this brings you back to mm-hmm. last week's episode because someone caught you out in the comments on YouTube and Skell was straight in I didn't know that Skell actually had his own account where he was uh, I didn't Sneak in uh, I someone, know. someone pointed out that he had not picked Dublin to qualify from the Munster Championship he picked Wexford and then Skell goes yeah but the two boys missed it and didn't pick and call me out in it I, when they <laughs>
2: said it live right, none of you commented and I said I got away with that one <laughs> 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 <You're rocking.
1: laughs> so keep moving keep moving yeah. the, the, the podcast list and the hurling pod community will always call you up on these things there's someone else really? who will always scrub back through the video and have a quick check and go Public wait a minute yeah. he didn't say that um, but sorry I was breaking your flow there Skell you were saying that we've got Claire wrong quite a few times which I admit well, I, and we got them wrong where we placed him in the championship as well
2: yeah like I just I find it very hard to call it because again I, I put an awful lot of emphasis on when I'm, when I'm assessing a team you know momentum is huge for me it's massive because you know like when the momentum stops it's awful hard to get it going again like you know yourself like more for you know, when you've got mm. a team that's rolling well, it's it's I won't say it's easy, but it's easy or to keep it rocking and, and improve. When you go through, let's say, a, a run of maybe a bad result or a bad run of form, it's so hard to get it back into the kind of get get a performance you know you can you can get because it's so, the so the gap seems so far away. But I just took a clear now, and I just think they have momentum, the, the mm. wheel is moving, and you know they're, they're they're coming in at a very very right time. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm by no means doubting them at all because they're they're an excellent team but just, I'm just putting that emphasis on the momentum they've gained and that I think they're going to get more traction over it. I'm, that's why I'm kind of leaning towards a draw or I'm going to say
1: a clear victory, lads. Mm. The two lads on the pitch have gotten his head, Murph. That's what's happened there. Hey, no, yeah, not. <laughs> Jeez,
2: it got my head. Will you get out of there?
1: <laughs> through from my head. I, <laughs> I can, I can say that, but them two lads are not in my head. Don't worry. <laughs> the the Clare Mafia have definitely got to him. Um... Murph, when it comes to this game, obviously, notwithstanding, it's early in the week, so we're not sure exactly what's going to happen injury wise. Where we're going to clear his shoulder, he's probably going to miss the game. It seems we don't know where Keen Lynch is at either because he was limping, and I think it's probably be later in the week before we find out. You know how bad it is for him. It seems maybe his hamstring is uh, plaguing him a little bit at the moment. So we're not sure if he's going to be able to start. So taking those two factors even into account, are you thinking this is going to be as close as James just argued it was going to be? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, like there's a few things
0: that not concerns for both sides, but clearly a big one for Clare. Okay, if 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 Cleary was playing, it's such fine margins that if he was playing, I was saying, well, that shores up a little bit more in the defence in terms of he's he's a great linchpin for them in defence. You know, comes out very solid there, and it's very hard to find a fullback, a solid fullback, you know, that's consistent there. Uh, and Cleary has great physicality as well, which is you know you always need spades of that when you're playing Limerick. So. It's that's that's going to be one area now for Claire. and as we've seen earlier um, in the in the round robin, particularly against Tipperary to start, that they were they were leaking a lot of goals, and putting a lot of pressure on themselves to get do hard work to get over the line to win games. So that's the area that Claire are going to be looking at. And Claire are a very emotional team. Like if you were to ask me who's an emotional team that they play off emotion, that's Clare. Um, and so they're going to come at this game, you know, fire and brimstone. And if they smell a small bit of doubt with Limerick that I feel will only feed into Claire then because they're going, we have these ads again. And you look at Limerick then, and like obviously Limerick are an exceptional team, but they do have hints of what I would say ourselves in 2013, whereby we were still an excellent team. Absolutely. But because we had one or two results that went against us whereby Dublin bet us, we picked up one or two injuries. It was just going week and week trying to get back to that stage where you were this 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 runaway train. Trying to get it back to that level is very hard when you're hurling every two weeks or you know every even three weeks. It's 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 not that far anymore. Like, you know, these lads are playing so regular that if you had like six weeks off, you might get, get back into that flow again. But Limerick don't have that at the moment. So You know, like you said with Lynch, so there's a few things there that there's question marks over, like is Lynch carrying a knock? Will he play? Won't he play? Will he be as effective as he was last year, which we haven't seen him being as effective this year? And a few players then with Limerick again, haven't hit the heights that they hit last year. So that would lead into saying that, you know, the areas are there for Clare to build serious momentum in this game. Um, And similar enough to, let's say, when Cork beat us in 2013 in that quarter final. you know, we were still the favourites going into that game as Limerick will be going into this game, I'd imagine. I, I don't know. I'd imagine like the bookies yeah. will have them as favourites. Yeah, I think so. Um, but nevertheless, once, let's say, we had Henry sent off in 2013, once Cork smelt then they went, there was a big incident in a game that turned for them. So if Clare gets something going early on where they get up two or three points or to get a goal, hit the back of the net, and suddenly Limerick are rattled, and let's say Limerick pick up an injury, a few small things like this feeds into Clare going. And I just think... I do think Clare are actually in a great position here to go and win this game. I really do. Um, better than last year for the Munster final even because they have that win under the belt against Limerick so recently in the Gaelic rounds. There's just... And, and and like James was saying, because this all comes down to such small margins, those indicators there, I'm looking going, Jesus, we have like even a better kind of perfect storm than we had last year. It's just better again, you know? So it, it, it is a very tough one to call. Um, like... Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to call a draw. You just don't want to call it because it's, it's nearly boring. But like, you look like a legend if you do call a draw when it does happen. <laughs> but like at the moment, I'm sitting here going, like full respect to Limerick, but I'm kind of thinking a li- the momentum could be with Clare here at the moment. But now, I say that as well. I say that as well when I think before we recorded the pod when, when Cork and Clare were going to play, I was going, Cork, Cork, Cork. You know? And once I gave a few days, then I went, actually I think because we didn't do the predictions that week that was it yeah. and on the Friday you were you I asked forgot I'd I send like, you
1: a text and go who's going to win yeah
0: and if you asked me on the Monday that week I would have told you Cork I probably would have told you Cork and then as the week went on I went myself and Skeller both went Clare um, and I think that's what we're having here like as in sitting here now Monday morning at <laughs> the bank holiday I'm saying jeez I can feel that this could go Clare's way but I'd mm-hmm. say now if we were talking on Friday I'd be going I could be saying Limerick do you know what I mean but I'll, I'll put my
1: I'll put my 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 money where my mouth is now. And Monday, I'll say, <clears throat> don't worry. The pod title is already there. Clare will beat Limerick on Sunday. That's going to be the title. The hurling pod. Clare will <laughs> Who beat you Limerick call her? definitively. Who, Who am I calling? I actually think Limerick are going to win this time. I like. I take all your points about Clare, but I just have this feeling that Limerick have got the big performance in them. Uh, this time mm. round, I think slowly but surely We were talking about it last week Yeah that, yeah You know there are these issues That they've try- had to kind of Iron out a little bit With the performances so far But I was never too down On Limerick After the defeat They took against Clare mm. Either in the game Like I think he would Almost spin that game Both ways In that Clare found a way To beat Limerick Limerick were maybe A little bit off it But were still Within a shot of the game Going into the last few seconds Of the match and they'll probably feel if we get another go with these guys again we'll turn them over next time. But mm. I'm yeah, I don't expect this to be more than two or three points either way and I just think <laughs> Limerick will probably get over it by a couple of points. I don't know what the composition is going to be like by the way. I know you were saying Scal, it might be kind of 50-50 with the way the tickets went in general sale. I don't know how many Limerick people got their hands on tickets before Ticketmaster kind of went to pot and whether it's going to be a really vociferous home crowd there. Um, but I think it's a big ask for Clare to go and play there. I think if it was me and I was Clare County board, no way would I have agreed to go to the Gaelic grounds to play this. On principle, I would have said it has to be in a neutral venue. And look, I know nobody, I think in either circumstance, would have really wanted to have to slog all the way down to Porky Cueve. But I still think even going to Porky Cueve would have been preferential to having to take on the all Ireland Champions in their home ground. So I think that's a little bit of a tipping point towards Limerick as well. I actually think if this game had been in Thurles. I'd probably be opting for Clare to win. That, they're the type of margins that we have going to. Yeah, this. yeah. Um, do you both agree? I'll give you the first shout out to Murph With Anthony Nash on Friday was saying that he thinks the All-Ireland Champions will come out of this final. It will either be Limerick or Clare. They're the two favourites. He put them one and two in his power rankings, effectively. Oh, um,
0: that's a tough one now as well uh, because, oh because for me one big thing that I'll be looking at is yeah absolutely where the Munster teams are at the moment in terms of performance um, not to say they're peaking or they're not they're all hoping to peak around all our in semi-final all our, all our final stage but it's hard for them not to be going eyes out at this stage because it's do or die you know mm. um, and we saw I think we saw a hint of it last year what the attrition rate of that does to teams Limerick could sustain it last year but just about you know as in I just think Clare last year didn't have the panel to go and sustain that. Uh, and But no one could have foresaw what happened in the semi-final against Kilkenny. No one would have thought that that would have happened. But like losing John Conlon was obviously a big part of it. But I just think the injuries and the the, the weeks on the road just just caught up to them that much. And the freshness of Kilkenny and Galway coming through on the other side then stood to them. You know They had that, those few less injuries. Uh, and also Kilkenny's mind was focused for for the task at hand. So I think there's a few more things there to be considered. Um, it's it's certainly a big shout. Like I mean, obviously enough, you know, like probably the odds are that the All Ireland champions would come from Munster because I mean you're dealing with Limerick. I mean they're the favourites, mm-hmm. of course. But if Clare turn Claire turn Limerick over, I mean that's a that's a phenomenal team and like Kilkenny or Galway or whoever we're going to be facing going forward, you know. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't name a colours to the mass with that just yet. Like I appreciate where international is coming from, but like there's so much can happen now like you know over the weekend either one of those teams picks up injuries like those are things you have to factor in injuries picked up in these games key players like you know if you touch wood you look at if if Claire picked up an injury to like Dermot Ryan even for example or Tony Kelly or if Claire picked up that and you look at Limerick also at the moment whereby they have some players that are not hitting the form they were hitting before if you saw the likes of Tom Morrissey or whoever picking up a big injury there or Burns. McBurns that's a huge loss at this stage because it all comes back to what you were saying Will is those fine margins like it's so fine at the moment yeah. that no team can afford big injuries whereas you look at Kilkenny and Galway will come through a match at the weekend and they're at, they're fresher at the moment than the Munster teams because they haven't had those week on week you know real cut and trust, trust matches so uh, I, I wouldn't be I'd be hesitant to say yes that um the all ireland champions will come from Munster just yet because I, I also to even look at Galway, like I mean, I know we'll get on to and Galway soon enough, but you know, Galway could blossom a little bit later than than anyone I expect. You look at them last year against Limerick in the semi-final, and you know, Galway went home from that game, ruined a few chances they had because mm-hmm. they were in with a shout, coming down the home straight. Galway didn't perform well in the Leicester final last year. So there's lots of things there. Where, like they're coming in rightly under the radar. Um and it probably suits them as well that everybody is looking at Munster. It suits Kilkenny and Galway that everybody is talking about Munster, Munster, Munster. It's perfectly fine with, with, with both of those teams. So, I, I like I said, I appreciate where Anthony Nash is coming from, but I wouldn't be able to say that just yet. That Oh, yeah, absolutely, that Kilkenny and Galway aren't firing enough to go and win All-Ireland.
1: Yeah, I just have the paths written here, scale before I ask you how it goes from here. Because um, I had it in my head, but now I wrote it down this morning just to have it. So, the Premier Quarterfinals are on... This Saturday, June the 17th. So, Carlo, the John McDonough champions, will be at home against Dublin and Tipperary go to Offaly. So, then the way the quarterfinals break down from there, the losers of Galway and Kilkenny seven days later will play Offaly or Tipperary. And the losers of Clare and Limerick will play Carlow or Dublin. And then there's the bit of a break until the semi-finals on July the 8th, where you've got Clare or Limerick against quarter-final winners. And then, obviously, the provincial finalists will go directly through to those semis. So um, there's a long way to go yet, but that's the path to get yourself into the last four at this stage, is how the teams will have to come through it. So do you think as well, Skell, that it's going to be a Clare or Limerick winner this year? Or do you think it'll come outside of that?
2: I think on current, current. Now the, the, the the operative word here is current. And current form is you'd have to say yes, one of the two. Hmm. Um, but I, I again, I, I cited more from this because, like <clears throat> again, logic and evidence. Last year, we saw what happened, and that's that's, that's to say, it'll repeat itself. However, like Munster is a very, very tough championship to come through, and I'm not just Tipperary, either, like, just just That was the, the Munster, only thing I, I only know. I didn't even say Tipperary, yeah. Do you know, from Monster, from Monster perspective, I know people will focus on the finals, on, on the on the four teams in the finals. But I'm looking at Munster or Triberry as well, excuse me, and saying she's the dim lads. Can you imagine what training was like over the last ten days or sorry eight days in, in Tiberi after the performance with Watford and Minkat. Can you imagine yeah, yeah. like what 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 the, what the choice words they would have had for each other? You know. So I'd say they're going to come out rocking again next weekend. Weekend.
1: After. They've been a bit unlucky with the injuries, though. Scale again. Garota Connor looks like he's now going to miss the rest of the year, but maybe that pays itself back if Jason Ford is back at the end of the. Mm-hmm. He should be back, I think. Based on it was four weeks, I think initially, and we're on to week three of those four. So in theory, maybe Ford could even be on the bench for the offaly game in a week's yeah, I mean, time, and like, then he works okay. his way back in.
2: They lose the corner, but there's a lad there on the bench called Seamus Cannon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fire him in.
2: You know what I mean? I think he's capable of a pint or two. So like, and he can take a, he can take a few frees. Um, so I, I can not call it at the moment. I just think it's too early. Like it's the only time to call the championship is when it's it, before the championship even starts. Or the final. I just I can't call it the middle of that because so much can happen. And I and like we've we've been part of teams whereby you lose a player or you have a bad performance or something goes something goes mm-hmm. against you, you know I mean? Whether it mm-hmm. be on the pitch or off the pitch, and it, it just it could just derail your whole year. So it's very, very hard for us to say with certainty, I need to be a certainty at all, that would be Limit clear. I think there's a huge chance and if if you were putting money on at the minute, it, it, they'd be the lowest odds, those two teams. But right now I will reserve my my thoughts and say no, nope, it won't. Not, not yet. Not yet. No. I, can't, I can't comment. No, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get myself here in my head. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two people here. I've got the devil and I got the angel in my head and say, like, yeah, be, it's like, yeah. I'm like, No, no, it's not. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. always chances. I, I do think genuinely, Gaurd Kinney have a lesser chance than him to clear at the moment. At the moment, right. But that's not to say that give it a few weeks, as we said, and get the, the wheel rolling again for them, those two teams who who come into the heath championship. Um, things will change. So, of course, I'll I'll leave it there for the moment. Right. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, really, like, I'm not really deciding a lot today, am I? I'm kind of very For
1: a man who oh.
2: fires from the hip yeah. right, in general in life. <laughs> yeah, in life, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's become That's remarkably, true. remarkably diplomatic, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the side continues with Kilkenny and Galway then on Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock at Crow Park. So you've played in a few of these finals, but 2010, 12, 15, 16, 18, 20, 21, 22 and 23. So it's been a very regular meeting. Those eight oh. games we've had so far... Six of them have been won by Kilkenny, Murph. Is it going to be seven out of nine at the end of the weekend? I believe so, yeah. I know
0: Skechal's going to say you have to say that, but um, no, like, (laughs) there there wasn't a lot learned from the game in Nolan Park, um, being truthful. like I mean, I know it was a draw and all that, but... um, (sighs) Not, uh, both sides didn't go out intentionally not to show their hand but I just think inadvertently they didn't show their hand either way and if you look at last year then in the, in the Leinster final like I said like Galway weren't happy and wouldn't be happy with how they performed they went out with one game plan and when the game plan didn't work they didn't really change it up like the halfback sat off Kilkenny Kenny that day I don't think they'll do that I think they'll, they'll obviously push right up on them now and be confident with their backs to go toe-to-toe with them I think we've seen the likes of Dohy Burke stepping out in the centre-back has been, it, it, it's, it's actually funny enough for a lad who's a fullback, it actually provides a bit more for Galway going forward, funnily enough, because he's such a steady lad to win the ball. He uses it so well. And you see him coming up, sure scoring a goal last weekend, and he's popped up with points as well. Like, I mean, um, he's provided that bit of kind of impetus for them at centre-back and drives them forward. And like we said last week, grabs the game with the scruff of the neck. So they <laughs> oh, have a bit of an injection there
2: that they didn't have last year. You know? That's from the football, Mark. So he plays midfield for Carl yeah, uh, huge football yeah. team. He's always gone up and down. Up, yeah. I'd say that that's what you're what you're saying. It's uh, it's added a dimension to go his game that he can drive up the field and get back because he's a machine too. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fairness, even McInerney, like the the physicality, he 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 provides a full back.
0: I mean, look at, I mean, Dahi Burke always did that as well. But McInerney back there as well. Like, I mean, he's a unit of the man yeah. um, and well capable of driving out also himself. But I mean, can he look. I'd be really happy where Kilkenny's panel is at at the moment. Um, They seem to be... They've blooded so many players and lots of players have put their hand up. I find it very hard to pick Kilkenny 15 now for this weekend um, because I do believe that because Kilkenny have, have tried so many players... Derek Ling will be will kind of have seen, look, we've tried a few things like Park Welch has been cornerback, he's been wing back, we have Paddy Deegan at wing forward now. We played the All Ireland final at wing back last year. We've Mikey Carey coming back into the equation who was was excellent last year for Kilkenny There's a variety of things there with Billy Drennan hurling great again this year. Okay, wasn't Flying at the last day or anything, but you know, a lot of players have put their hand up. That I think Kenny, now granted, there's a few injuries. I think Derek will have a fair idea of where he wants to get his matchups. Maybe he wants to draw a few lads out of position, like park Mannion and a few of these. So that's where the battle is going to be won and lost. But I think Kenny have the tools to go and do that. Now, the few injuries there from the last day, that's where I'd have to concern, you know, Mossy, Mikey Butler, and Adrian Mullen. What is the situation? If those boys are injured, like that's a serious platform for Galway. Those are those are three really good players for Kenny to be missing. So um Kenny have had Galway's number over the last few years, you know, with the current crop of players. Kakkenny, i feel mm-hmm. like there was a there was a period there like with Skettle and the Boys where you know they bet us in Leinster finals and that and you know the wheel turned a small bit, but it's, I think it's kind of gone back the other direction now. And um yeah, I, I just I feel like the Kenny have enough for Galway at the moment. Galway just haven't shown a huge amount yet to think that okay, this is seriously dangerous threat now for Kilkenny. Uh, the one thing that Kilkenny will look to do, though, is that goal threat. They've been leaking a few goals the back line, and it's just been making hard work for them going forward. Very similar for Clare. You know, when you're leaking those kind of easy enough goals, um, you can make your peace with a with a savage goal going in that a team opened you up and, you know, fair play. But Kilkenny have been coughing up a few too handy goals. So I think that's where some there, there's an area that Kilkenny are going to look for. But I just see Kilkenny having enough firepower and having the men markers to go and, and, and tie, tie Galway up in the forward line. I think they learned a few things also from the game in Old Park. So no, I'd be
1: happy with the Kenny going into this game at the weekend that they're, they to come out three or four points. Now, Skell, the reports last Monday after the game in Wexford were that Adrian Mullen had picked up a hand injury. He was to go off and uh, get treatment on it, but he could potentially be out for a month, which would mean he'd missed the Leinster final this weekend. You're licking your lips thinking he's not going to be on the pitch, aren't you?
2: Um, yeah, from a goal perspective, obviously we. I, I'd like every kidney player to be available, and if, if you're if you're good enough to take them down, you know there's much more merit in a victory in that. But if he's injured, he's injured. Like and I, I think from our perspective also, is uh, in the Leinster final last year. Like he, I think he did he score five points from play last year in the final. He did, yeah. yeah. So like he caused an awful lot of issues. Like I think Off Manion picked, as well down Manion side doesn't he? You know he's picked on the on the, the wing forward side, but he came out to midfield a lot a lot from distance. Like so, that's kind of a theme of concern for me. Is that if you look at the kidney game. Um, specifically in the second half, actually, let's say when when Kikini opened up a bit of a gap, like our half back line, we're just we're, we're trying to play. What's the word I use? Zona. We're trying to play a zone mm. You know, and sitting off the Kikini forwards and allowing them to shoot. And I think uh, with all teams, like you don't you don't let you don't let Kikini shoot. You don't let them like, get the ball out there or TJ whoever whoever finds themselves in that area because they have the players to, to to hurt you. And then when Galway were going poor against Dublin last week. It was the same kind of situation where our half were sitting off and Dublin boys were picking up um, the ball in midfield because we were just completely outnumbered. And then when the when the wheel turned or the, the things changed is when we pushed up and started to actually get tight and then go man for man, um, which is where well within their locker I think there's probably at times teams will try to focus and try to keep it tight at the back, which I accept. Okay, which is obviously that that's your you know your your I suppose hope is to keep everything tight at the back but if you're getting damaged out the field then you, know, then you have to just all bets are off shove up and go man to man or it's poor people back it's not you can go always you know I think DNA to pull the hip of lads back I think really historically we go 15 on 15 and see can we can we take them down um, but like it's it's I I, I had concern from the Kini game with the way we played for a period but then I was like I was delighted more than the Dublin game concern as well but we pulled it back. Like we pulled it back. So that means we're we're always there at at, at the end, right? And a big thing for me as well in no the more, more than potentially Mister mcKinney is Cahalmanyan. Like he he didn't play against Dublin last week. You know I'm hoping that he's recovered from his injury. I think it's a hamstring or something like that, a, a soft tissue kind of job. Um. So like he's I, I have, I've said it here numerous times. He's pivotal to go his course. Um. And if he's missing, that's a, that's a big loss. Like a big big loss for to be missing a runner out around there. Um. But again, this is where my, my head and my heart get completely, you know, dis- disjoint. just because <laughs> my heart is saying, go away. 100% go away, right? For my head is just looking, again, more than what I say whatever every other team. Logic. And we haven't been playing well, let's. It's simple as that. On one hand, on the other hand, in we've been clawing games back. So I'm kind of torn. Um, I wouldn't be expecting Galway to go and just blitz-click like say you know, 5 or 6 points. That would not happen. I think if we get over them, it'll be by a point or two. Um, and I'm I'm wishful. wishful this Yeah, I was way more confident last year, Mark, than I will. Yeah, you yeah. Were no, you were, yeah. Last year. I was like, yeah, we're going to win this, you know, because obviously we played really well in Pierre Stadium mm. against Kinney and we shut down some big players. and I'm saying, yeah, they can do it again. They, they provided the evidence. Whereas I'm looking at evidence now and i saying, we're not, we're, we're kind of stuttering a bit, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. we kind of have the choke on. We're not, we're not fully, oh, we haven't opened up the engine just yet. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, nice. I'm hoping that, you know, like we're saying about Munster versus Leinster that this is kind of just, it's a progress thing, and that next thing comes Sunday they'll open up, right? which I it was, it
1: was well within their locker, should So say. So, um, yeah, Fing, fingers crossed. Well, Murph, one of the reasons that Galway didn't beat Kilkenny last year is because of their shooting. And we spoke about that a lot. It was way down into the kind of low 40s for a shooting return, and they were taking shots from yeah. positions where they wouldn't like to take them. And maybe we didn't give or enough 8%. credit to Kilkenny last year that Kilkenny mm. were doing a good job of not letting them around the scoring zone, so they're having to shoot from bad positions. Kilkenny, I'm sure, would take something like that again on Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, they would absolutely, and and like you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, Kilkenny, you just really got their matchups really well last year. Like uh, my what a Biden memory from the game was just that. Remember the the Galway half back line just sitting back that small bit, hoping that Kilkenny wouldn't shoot from distance and that they'd basically draw them on to him, and that Galway would win the physical battle as the players were coming through. But as we saw, what happened was. That just wasn't the case like Adrian Mullen being the example stood out around midfield and I remember one particular case where Galway worked really hard to get a point Owen Murphy pokes the ball out to Adrian Mullen who's standing on his own at midfield because Galway were sticking to the process of you know we're not going to follow them yeah out of the Cusick sand pucked it straight down to him Adrian caught the ball and took it over the bar and it just meant for all the hard work that Galway did they were coughing up two easy scores um, but like, I wouldn't underestimate how crucial Adrian Mullen is there. Like, I mean, by all accounts, he he did pick up a a bad hand injury against Wexford, and the work he gets through in the game, um, like that work will have to be shouldered somewhere else if he's not going to be there. You know, you have to share that work because Grandy pops up with five points in Leinster final. But you look at him all around the field, be it in the Clare match and the Galway match last year, whatever. He could pop up a cornerback and pick up a ball and cruise out, and he just pops it off and he motors on, and then is involved later on at the pitch. Like those players are absolutely <clears throat> crucial to Kilkenny's cause. Um, and while I talk, Kilkenny did good last year as well in the Leinster final, and I think Galway will be aware to this year. And I think you know if Kilkenny want to go and win this game, maybe touch back onto that was they they weren't afraid for any of their defenders to push right up in terms of once we have the ball, go go and support the players in possession, and if you find yourself up. Um, in, in you're in the full back line, but you find yourself up in the opposition's forty five. That's fine. You know it was kind of like this. You know it was aggressive stuff when they needed to be aggressive, and it just just struck the balance really well. So I think Le Kenny looked to do that. Um, but again, like you said, Will, I mean Galway's wide. You even go back to the Dublin match last week as well. The Kenny will look to put pressure on Galway. That if there is an element of doubt there, and Galway are inclined that way to shoot from silly angles because maybe that's a confidence thing. It always comes back to it. Maybe it's a little bit of confidence and not sticking to the process. Well, maybe Kenny will go, lads, we've seen it. They've, they've given us evidence recently, like against Dublin, that they will shoot from silly who put pressure on them. And as a defender, that's brilliant to have, because you know if you, if you burst your bollocks and you put pressure on them, that it'll reap rewards because they may be liable to shoot. So it, it gives you, it's nearly fuel for you as a defender that if, if, if you're facing a forward line that does that, but brilliant. That's what we want to do. And, you know, players would say that in dress rooms before games. So Galway looked to count down on that big time because they're a very efficient team when they go and they, they stick to the process. But at the same time, like I said, even over the years, I've seen Galway rack up, no more than any other team, really, but rack up wides. and, um, when they really need to just keep the scoreboard ticking over. So, look, Kenny will look to maybe hard, touch into what Dublin tapped into over the weekend, hit them hard, put them under pressure, like Skehill was saying there, maybe get them into a position where they're just struggling to get the flow into the game. Um, and while that happens, don't allow what happened in Nolan Park, where you go ahead, but you allow them back into the game. So it's, there's a few things here, but both sides, to be honest, at this stage now, will be looking to up their performances over the last way. Yeah. Like Kenny or Galway aren't happy at where they're at at the moment. So I think it's important for both teams you know, to get out there and put in a savage performance. Whatever the result, you're up the levels now because both teams are getting to really important stages of the year that you can't keep saying every week that, oh, sure, look, they have another match, they have another match. We're getting, we're getting really close to
1: you know, just having a flop of a year if you don't go out and perform this week. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we've got one saying Kilkenny's going to win, one says go is going to win, which brings us very nicely round to the listener questions. I've got a good one which came in from Joe Malloy of OTB Towers in a moment that I didn't see because he sent it last week during the live, but he sent it onto my Twitter and I wasn't watching. I was watching the comments coming in from Facebook and from YouTube. So I'll throw that one because it's Kilkenny against Galway in a moment. But I just before just we take that. Face, face.
2: I can't remember what it
1: was. I know
2: what's <laughs> <home>. I <could laughs> you in your face, Guy.
1: Oh, he's, he's got the notes done. Um, but a quick one for you, Scott. Skel- oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, to I that one, <laughs> which came in from. Uh, I need to just get his name to give him the proper credit here which was pad john question for james should conor cooney be dropped for the leinster final dropped is a harsh word jeez
2: um no, not not Connor conor cooney i i think at the moment uh as i just go back club hurling in Galway, right conor cooney is not only is he the best club hurler he is streets ahead of everyone in club hurling. like he is awesome right yeah. so like we, we in Galway, we look at him and go he can do this no problem right and, like, I have faith in the kid, like, he, or the kid's side, like, the man. He he can do this, like. So, if you've got a player who has that in their locker and can shoot from angles and score big frees and take lads on, like, you start him I think you have to start Conor Coney. Yeah, he's going through a bit of a, a bit of a dry spell, if you want to call it that. Like, a bit similar to what maybe Hegarty or Lynch is going through. But I just think he's an important physical person to have in that half-forward line, especially, especially against a team like Limerick who are physical themselves. Or, excuse me, who are physical themselves in the half-back line. So, we're going to have to... We have to we have to use them because if you look at our bench then we're like we have guys <clears throat> who come in like Declan McLaughlin, Liam Collins are predominantly you could say corner forwards so they're 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 really full forward line um, and then the big man we have to say in the half for them really would be Jason who kind of is more of a finisher as opposed to a, an aggressor if you want to call that like Jason Flynn so I think from it's just a lot of averages like we have to start Connor and just you know give him the benefit of the doubt and see can he produce it give him an opportunity because he's done it before us so if you've done it before you know it's in the locker there somewhere so yeah keep him.
1: Okay. So, at Malloy Joe on Twitter last week, will, long time first time, which is our slight tangent uh, intro for anyone sending us emails during the oh. week, by the way. He says, and I'll throw it to you first, Murph, because I know that Scale will have strong opinions in this anyway. Would Scale have Joe Canning over TJ? So, more importantly, would Paul Murphy have TJ Reid over Joe Canning? How about we change the question <laughs> to let you first go here? Yeah, I would.
0: And and it's absolutely no disrespect to to Joe, but I've marked both of them. And um, like two incredible hurlers, like, you know, and and the one thing I would have always been saying about both of them was just that my motto with these things is that they're such incredible hurlers that you don't picture what you do if they're running down the sideline against you or how you, you try not to let them get the ball in their hand. That's day one. And I just always felt that TJ was just that bit more adept at You know, you could go up with TJ pulling and dragging out of him, going for a kite catch and he just catches it like he just catches the ball. And when he lands, I think it's one of the great things Henry had for him was Henry's movement when you weren't looking. He knew when you just took your eyes off him to look up the pitch where the ball was and Henry would break and he'd go and he'd drift. Lark Corbett had something similar about him. TJ has a great ability to do that, whereby he just drifts, creates space. And he's robot-like. He's absolutely robot-like. I mean, likewise, Joe, incredible, incredible hurler as well. Um, but I always felt that DJ just had, if you were marking him, had just one or two more tools to hurt you. You know, his his touch in a tight area. And w- the one thing that I think he, he is, like, obviously, Joe has, has areas that he's probably maybe stronger than TJ in. But the areas that I thought yeah. TJ is incredible at is his sidestep. Like, TJ had have a thing where he's standing in front of you. And because, you know, he's so dangerous, like The two boys play the game very differently as well. You know, they're not the same type of player. But TJ plays it differently. TJ didn't really face you. He'd have a look around. And because he's such a dangerous forward, defenders give him a yard because you don't want to commit because he'll go around you. But TJ will just throw a shimmy, and he could either pop it over the bar or throw a sidestep where you're gone and he's gone then. Whereas if you always look at Joe, quite often Joe was on the move taking the ball. He'd take the ball, he's on the move. And because he's deceptively fast, it was actually very hard to stay into Joe. And... Joe had a great way also then of leaning into you. As you were running, he'd lean in, either draw free, or absolutely shove you aside and then step away and score. So they played the game very differently. But yeah. I would just say from a point of view of that, you, you could have played TJ corner forward or midfield nearly, whereas Joe was very much a half forward. That's what I always felt, like a half forward, full forward. If you got stuck in the corner, I I'd prefer that as a defender. Um but like to be honest now, this is like picking Messi Ronaldo stuff. Like obviously, you know, like you're 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 talking about two of the best rollers of all time. But if I was picking a team and I could only
1: pick one of them, I'd be picking T J see once Joe Canning was confirmed for our upcoming road show I was like wait a minute now he's going to have a go Canning, <laughs> and we can use this for material when Canning walks out on the stage and instead, well, what do you want anyway, him to say
0: about Canning
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah 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 you've, you've kind of been reasonably positive about him there where he couldn't be too offended that you were just edging towards TJ so Skell yeah, obviously has yeah. got the notebook out here because I can see writing going on in the background sure. so what's, what's in the notes here Skell well, before Skell starts I'm, I'm going with the Claire supporters point of view of saying he just is alright but you're going to hit me with the stats here now. <laughs> <We're just laughs> the rain yeah.
0: man here now hit me with stats would well, you know him, the two boys are 16 years of age go on, go on. Okay.
2: the first stat I'll give you okay boys is that canning has averaged 9.3 points per game right so he's obviously third of the list in the highest score right he's done it in 62 games and who's ahead of him uh, give me a chance right? no, i sorry right? uh, TJ has averaged 7.7 points per game uh, in 79 games right so Joe has a better average right so just, just put that one aside for the moment now okay yeah. So, I've listed out a heap of items, and you're right, Murphy. It was like Messi versus Ronaldo. There's, there's, there's pros and cons to every argument, and this one is very different because the two were top class, right? But I've listed out all different attributes or different elements of the game, and I've just ticked who who is, you know, whatever. So, pace, right? Okay. Joe's quicker than TJ, okay? <laughs> so, I'm using that. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no yeah. I was just
0: thinking. I, I, I was just thinking. Okay, it's right. getting I'm, I'm getting flashbacks here of trying to catch up about them, all
2: right? Okay. <laughs> Fielding, right? TJ's some fielder. Probably the best fielder I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Across any game, whether it be a back or forward, he is just ridiculous. Like how he gets the ball. I still haven't studied him, right? To how he catches. I still can't understand how he gets his hand to the ball, mm. you know, which is ridiculous, okay? Um, then I have a heap of draws here, right? So I have. Like I call it link play finishing and big game. There's three draws there. They're they're, they're all the two boys are classed like they're deadly finishers. D- they play really well in big games. Like if you look at Canning's Ireland records, he's always in double digits. He's deadly. That's like right. Yeah. And then the in the uh, the, uh, the link play, they're deadly at bringing people into the game themselves as well. Like you were saying, Morf, can TJ is, is great at just these twenty yarders, you know, and it seems to open up the whole place. You know what I mean when he does yeah. these twenty yarders. Joe was deadly at packing. At, Finding these like arrow passes, I call them. He he put the ball into her mouth at pace, you know. So that's in three out of the way right now. Canning power, Canning skill, Canning striking, Canning dead balls, Canning scoring.
1: Sorry, canning. a lot of them in quick succession there? Yeah, just rattled them. I <laughs> did, yeah. <laughs> oh, my Wi Fi's gone. <laughs> so,
2: power, how do you mean power? Striking the ball. Is it no, okay. so? I have power in, in no, no, I'm talking about physical, like physical, break. and physical, tackle. like, but okay. he's a big unit, like, he's a big fella, like, no, a, no, but I no, but TJ, uh, no, sorry, I get
0: you, Canning is no, Canning does have that physical power. He's through, a tanker, like,
2: Canning is yeah. a tanker. I, I don't think people think, obviously, he's he's hugely skill based, right? But he's a unit, like, you mm. know, he's, and he still is a unit. Um, skill I just I, I there's there isn't a person in this world that'll convince me there's anyone more skill than the Joe. It's as simple as that. Uh he's just what he can do with the ball and touch work. I, I know and there's arguments for all, but yeah, it's yeah. just it can't convince me. Like yeah. he's striking in as well, next one. Like he's striking T striking is deadly, where canning striking is just gorgeous. <laughs> Like it was just like it was. It was that's a perfect word. to use, actually. It was just this, gorgeous. This, is, you know?
0: this, is, this has got away from stats now. Like for a fellow who's clicking a pen, there going stats is like Jesus <laughs> was, striking gorgeous. Was, Do like write that that <laughs> down. Did you write that down. is gorgeous. I need to write that down because I'm going to forget yeah.
1: that. I like how the <laughs> difference between this is one is deadly and one is gorgeous. You know, both are yeah, good yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the last one, hey?
2: I have scoring. Uh, so the count here. So I have there's uh, four draws. Sorry, three draws. Excuse me uh six to canning one
0: to tj so like so, we could just invent basically categories here and say where he's better like one category and I'll, I'll give david herity credit on this because he pointed it out about tj's tj is better at commentating on himself than joe is so there's a category he's better did you ever hear this with tj no. so like he, just, like he just he's hilarious it's so, like we'd be training and uh, like tj is playful when he's playing the game like he's in it's Oh, grand, he's he's methodical about his practice, and he and he, you know, he practices the whole time, and he's machine-like. But it's still a game for him; like he's still playing it for the enjoyment. But Herity pointed this out It was actually on off the ball a few years ago, and uh, I'd I'd forgotten about it. Or I kind of maybe I just hadn't noticed it anymore. I don't know. But you could be trained in Nolan Park. And the ball's be thrown out outside the tunnel and lads be coming out, it'd be a summer's evening and it'd be great back, like, you know, and lads be having a bit of crack and TJ come out with the socks up around the knees and listen this and come out and as he'd come out and the crowd roars and TJ Reed is on the pitch and he'd raise it up and he's and in and he sticks it over the bar <laughs> and he'd be just talking to himself, like you know, but it's hilarious, like we'd be all laughing, and like it even it'd laugh, get a laugh out of Cody because Cody'd be standing there and TJ could come out and raise the ball and he'd be going on and say, Yeah, he pops it off to Eddie Kerr. He'd be just making up stuff, like you know, but it's hilarious, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. But he'd be laughing like TJ'd be laughing himself, like he'd be just running around, bit of playfulness, like you know, and uh, oh, whatever. But he's a uh, he's a gas ticket now, in fairness. But there's oh, a category you be better a Category than...
2: that has no relevance at all to the player right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you do just said like, power. What else did you? Well, use? Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> height, height, jaws <Joe's> taller, right? <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> it's like tall? John Henry. I have to mention it. I have to mention this because it yeah. reminds me. John Henry and I, we used to do this thing whereby we just we were doing like a face-off mm. of all the different sports. Henry yeah. like, yeah, I'm way better at basketball than you. <laughs> no, I'm, like, I'm way better at shot put than you. And we had this count of all these sports <laughs> that we're just we playing. That's sort of like you know his
1: list. <laughs> one oh, yeah. well, I'm no. surprised you didn't use Murph. TJ Reid's got more medals than Kenny. I oh, I, w- I wouldn't. That's a low order. That <laughs> would have yeah. and <laughs> send it. <laughs> we would. Have, I appreciate what if, you're saying. If you're, going, if, right. you're going to, if you're going to use height here, that would probably be one you could no, use. No, the
2: question was the case. The question was uh, right. It's Joe versus TJ, right? And as an individual, okay. Yeah. Okay. And the medals is, is a team situation, okay? Can you get better teams? So that's as simple as that. So that but count. I always, I always find, be honest
0: now, it, with any conversation like that, like the conversation turns into. It, it, it loses its point if you start throwing that out because it feels like that you're not strong enough to defend it on basic terms. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, will If we <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll. I'm not. I'm not attacking, <laughs> Skele, You need to count out.
2: We attacking Will. I'm red in the I'm face. face in my point of view, like, if I
0: was like you were saying, scale. Now, if you were talking to someone there after the game in Turles yesterday, and you were like happy to have the argument or the conversation, I feel if it shuts down the conversation straight away, if you start just you know, oh, who is a better corner back? Like if you were saying. Jackie or Ollie Canning. Like let's say for example, lads would say these things in you and there's great arguments for both of them, both brilliant in their own way. But if you came out and you were like, Oh, Jackie has name it and it it turns a sour note nearly into the conversation mm-hmm. and it nearly defeats a whole proper conversation, as if you're saying that a medal on the table is, you know, if you don't have it, because then you're like you might like say Ken McGrath and these lads. Like, I mean yeah. Greatest Some of the greatest players Ever played the game Like I think the enjoyment Goes out of it If you're talking about it, It's a great conversation To have TJ or, 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 or Canning Or whoever But um Sometimes when you Like When you throw it down To those things It nearly kills the thing dead So uh No I'd be hesitant To say To say something like that In fairness So what, say, what? what you're
2: saying Is like Joe was better Than TJ
0: <sighs> Never once Rewind the tape You'll never find it And I know I'll be sitting In the Borgash theatre And I'm something A snippet will be turned on me But uh on TJ's camp, TJ's camp here. Don't worry, oh. it's clipped already. So, I'm going to
1: do.
2: Hang on, hang on, William. You're not going to
1: wait to see Is do this going to be like
0: a Homer Simpson type thing where I need a clock in the background to show that it's the, the clips aren't being jumping back and forth? Remember that <laughs> snippet of the snip a sentence together where you're just going to snip a sentence where it sounds like I'm saying Joe's better than TJ?
1: Who's better? I'm asking you. Will. Yeah, I think I could be clipped on this because I remember we talked about this. Not necessarily as a direct comparison, but back in 2019, we did kind of a decade of sport thing on off the ball. And Tommy Walsh and Nick English wrote me. We were kind of chatting through and we picked a 15 of the last decade and so on. And the three of us kind of agreed that probably over the course of that decade, you could argue that TJ Reid was the best hurler in the country. But we also all agreed at the same time. And I don't mean this as a cop-out that Canning was probably the best hurler of his generation, if that makes sense. As in TJ's body of work from 2010 to 2019 was just incredible. Uh, What he did for both club and county. And TJ's like right up there with Canning. I think this is a proper, you could debate this in a million different ways. But I still, for me, I think Canning was the most talented player of his generation. If we look even over the last, I don't know, 20 years, I think you can make the argument that Canning's the best hurler we've seen in that time.
2: Yeah, I I also think that TJ has kind of, and it's only in recent times you could say that like he didn't get the credit he deserved because I won't say he's the shadow of Henry, but you know what I mean? Hmm. Like it was, a, it was a big pair of boots to fill now when, when Shefflin left away. But I actually genuinely believe that I think TJ has passed out Sheffield. You know, I know okay. Sheffield, that's, people say...
1: Again, that, again, that's a huge call. Like, I mean, again, I think yeah. Shefflin is right up there with Canning as well. You're talking Definitely. about Mike Rushmore of modern hurling here.
2: Yeah, but I, I, I would think that if I'm going uh, assessing who's the best hurler, let's say... I'm having TJ head of Sheffield at the moment. Like what he's done is has been ridiculous. And in fairness to TJ, I, th- I think again, I don't think this whatever way I say this sounds gonna sound bad. Sheffield had a great complimenting cast, a super, super complimenting cast. Hmm. And I don't think TJ had it obviously had because not enough medals in recent times for the for their liking. I don't think he's had the complimenting cast, you know. So the the, the, the victories and said that Sheffield had, had um was was brought together by Eddie Brennan, by Chad, by all these different lads, where alone arc, etc. Whereas TJ has had to do an awful lot of the body of work himself. Which is, it seems that way, but like still like I he's still a class of players. But like I just think like he's been awesome. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's just got ahead of Shefflin. And there's people now who are like historians and they'll say, Shut up. Like do you know what I mean? Because Shefflin is two but, but two two different type of players, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like today's game is fast and power. I think TJ has, has transferred through uh types of generational play do you know what I mean so like when he first mm. came on board and so was Joel I'd say in 08 in or 09 there was a type of play and then it went into the mid you know what I mean and he's, yeah. he's, been, he's been able to be to be equally effective through them all yeah. mm-hmm. so, so I just think he's got up there
1: by the way the other reason I use modern hurling on this one <clears> is if anyone wants to make the argument like none of the three of us have seen other than maybe 20 seconds of archive footage of the records and the rings and mm-hmm. even like i've only yeah. ever seen very limited footage of eddie Kerr, say like players who were considered the best ever in their time i can't make that definition it'd be like someone no. saying like was de stefano yeah. or Pele better than messi or maradona when you just haven't seen as much of them so yeah. obviously all the contemporary reports were that these guys were the absolute best of their time but you just don't know and yeah, I think those three are right up there. And that's why this debate's kind of fun. And that's why this debate will probably even yeah. be more enhanced when there's points in hand when it's taken place at some
2: point. What, what, what year do you start assessing? So, like, do you, do you go back as far as, you know, or When do you start looking at... For me, I, I go to, like, 95, 96.
1: Yeah, around so, about that for me as well. Like, we're all right. around the same age. I think we're all yeah. watching Hurling since the mid-90s, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, religiously, say. Yeah, yeah. And anything okay. else you've seen on G A gold? And even yeah. like from talking to lads that before <laughs> that kind of period in the mid-90s, and even in the mid-90s, there weren't that many games that were televised either. Like That's one of the things about both Canning and TJ. I think it's when Canning retired as well, is that I've never known someone who's been under so much scrutiny because there's far more games on TV now. Even like quite a few of his Pertumna games when he was a teenager because it coincided with Pertumna being the best club side in the country. And sure, look, TJ's been the linchpin of Hale been the best club side of all time. These guys are on performing under the microscope all the time and um, we know if they ever have an off game particularly in Canning's case scale which I always thought was a little bit unfair was that anytime it didn't work out for Galway straight away the first piece of analysis would be how did Canning play mm.
2: yeah like i i you know i i'm very public about this in my opinion is like that like we we as a group including myself completely here like that that we just didn't support him enough at times like of course he has a bad day every now and then right but when we like every player has bad days like some more than others but when we got beaten and he still played well like he still took all the flack you know what I mean mm-hmm. which I thought was grossly unfair however the, tr- the trouble is if you associate Anthony McGovern in terms of victories they'll always say that uh, you know oh, sorry with defeats excuse me the reason we lost would say some people would say oh he didn't do enough like that's just bullshit like do you know I mean we as a team lost, lost these games so it was completely unfair and I'd say he actually carried that I, I've never discussed this with him before I'd say he actually mm-hmm. carried that he showed that that What's the word I'd use? At, at pressure is that the right word? Yeah, the burden of the, the, the weight, the burden. Great word. The, the, the burden of, let's say, having to having a county on his back. You know what I mean? When, when really and truly, the rest of us should have been carrying that burden equally. If you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. And I'd look, it's a weird situation. Maybe we can get into the, this with him at the road show when it comes around. But he even said, like you know, ten years ago, when he made comments about Shefflin. He really felt it was almost like he let the team down by putting this out as a narrative on the week of a game and creating stress around it. But that's kind of the power yeah, really, that went,
2: he was. He was dumb there, though. I, I, I would say this straight up he was done. Like he was taken completely out of context. Not the whole clip was, mm. was printed out and you know that was unfair as well, the way that was that was kind of twisted to, to sound like he was coming at Sheffield. What's mm. the case. If you read the, if you read the whole thing like he was actually complimenting their their, their play, how you know they were I won't call it cynicism or you want to call it, but how they
1: yeah
2: they went about their business. So. Um, was that actually more? was that was that comment in your address room, no? In college? Which oh, was, was, it, was
0: it one about was it wasn't the one about JJ no that was before 2012 remember that was a comment that was that Joe said that JJ said something that Henry put the ball over the bar remember the drawn game 2012 that's like it were, oh that's the one yeah that is the that's one the, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, no I think lads went to JJ's <clears throat> did you say like first of all lads would think we are saying so JJ didn't say that like you know and uh we just didn't believe it first of all so I don't think it ever really came up like lads were like yeah. sure that's we I think if anything initially when it came out we thought that was potentially been the mind games trying to be sent our direction because we were like when you know a player you go sure obviously you didn't say that like you know as in mm. standing beside Joe that JJ said oh Henry why didn't you hang it up in the bed <laughs> like you know that wouldn't be JJ's style like you know so um like, yeah, so we, we kind of knew there was, it, was a, it was a thing in nothing. It didn't co- really come into our dressing room because just the, the p- type of person you knew you were dealing with like that. Yeah, right.
1: that's, and that's we interesting would, though because Joe sorry. thought in his own head that maybe that created motivation within the Kilkenny dressing room. You're sitting in the Kilkenny dressing room and you say it didn't really have any impact at all.
0: No, because very much our attitude at the time, like JJ in particular, because it was JJ that he was saying that said it, JJ used to be the type of player that would say in the dressing room, like, let's say if, if, if something was happening on the pitch that let's say players weren't marking up, but he be he be telling you, win the fucking ball and then give out about it afterwards. Like get onto lads after, but do your job there and then. But don't give out about it while it's happening. You know, do your job. You win the ball, and even if there's two lads there, you know his attitude is very much of you don't give out. You you work before you give out. Like you know, and and though, that was kind of the mindset. So when it it almost came across the way that article was written, that as if JJ was whinging, which straight away you're going, that's not JJ. So we were like, okay, that's maybe. Either two things. Joe has been taking out of context there, or he's trying to fire a shot across the bows with us. But it wasn't. It wasn't a, a motivation for us. Like the Leinster final was the motivation for us, and then maybe like you know of Andy Smith getting up in lads' faces or something. That might have been a bit more of an information. But we just thought this was part of the pantomime of of coming into a final. Either someone's taking out of context here or Joe was maybe saying something to us, but we didn't, it wasn't like we were turning up at yokes on the wall inside and training going, look what this lad is saying. Like, you know, it, it didn't actually take much traction in our dressing
1: room. Yeah, two questions I'm going to kick down for the live this coming Sunday. So we're going to go live on Sunday again <coughs> at eight o'clock after the provincial finals, which should be a really good chat. And I think these might work well after the games for us to talk about so a bit of homework for the two of you to have a think about from Sean Lai and Junior Zed Hurler both set this in and it might be very appropriate on Sunday after we've watched the finals as well so pick a Munster 15 and a Leinster 15 uh, don't come back to me with rugby 15s by the way you know exactly what I mean on this <laughs> A selection from both Leinster Hurling counties and Munster Hurling counties to play against each other and we can debate that out with the listeners and the Hurling pod community at the weekend and the other one which I promised to do but again it's a little bit Bit kind of longer, which came in from Shane Power, which you can have a think about as well. And the question was, Will, could you discuss the Waterford job again in the preview pod? If you're on about looking for an in house manager, should we be looking at someone like Sean Power, who won the All Ireland with the minors in 13 and 21s and 16? He would know the players inside out. Team were phenomenal to watch play, um, so much so with the freedom and the expression that they had in. So, again, I think let's have a think about that. Like what you do if you were appointing a Waterford manager, what you'd be looking for if that was to potentially happen. Uh, It looks at the moment as if David Fitz is going to be. Kept on for a second year. We were just kind of debating that out last week. And just before we go, and I say we'll be back at eight o'clock uh, live on our YouTube and Facebook on Off the Ball on this coming Sunday. Uh, just a reminder as well hurling is anyone's game. Off the ball teaming up with the senior hurling championship sponsors Borgosh Energy. We're uncovering stories highlighting the positive impact that hurling has had on people's lives. We've got the competition winner for this week, uh, which is hosted by our friends at Borgosh Energy. It's Shay Deegan. Uh, Shay wrote in about his local club committee. They're the social slashers, uh, they're all about people who turn up every week can contribute to a bit of fun through hurling uh, contributing positively to the local community and helping kids uh, to get involved in the club in both hurling and camogie so all the best to them and congrats to uh, Shane who's <coughs> getting a goodie bag from board Gosh Energy as well lads it's been an absolute pleasure looking forward to the finals this weekend don't fall out too much over uh, the Leinster final between Galway and Kilkenny and we'll see you at 8 o'clock on Sunday sound lads see you guys
0: OTB's The Hurling Pod
1: with board Gosh Energy
0: Hurling It's anyone's game.